Koti Vaishnava Indiki Jai. Namachari Shivaridas Thakur Ki Jai. Prem Shri Goho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Shri Dvaita Gadadar Shri Vasari Gaur Bhakta Rindiki Jai. Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gogopina Shaima Kunda Radha Kunda Giddy Govardhana Ki Jai. Rindavan Dhamma Ki Jai. Matura Dhamma Ki Jai. Navadrit Mayapur Dhamma Ki Jai. Puri Dhamma Ki Jai. Gangamai Jinnu Devi Ki Jai. Rakti Devi Ki Jai. Tosi Maharani Ki Jai. Samaveta Bhakta Rindiki Jai. Gaur Premanande. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Garanda. All glories to Sri Prabhupada and Mahamishnakaya. Krishna Prasad and Jalashi Mati Bhakti Vinata Swami. Tinamani Namaste Saraswati Gede. Gauravani Pachani Namaste Sanyavati Haskatyade Satani. Mande Ham Sri Guru Sri Uta Padapamam Sri Guru and Vaishnavasya. Shri-vutam-sadhita-tam-sadhita-nara-nara-tam-vita-sam-sajiva-sadvaitam-sadhita-tam-parijana-sahita-prishnitaita-nidevam-shri-vaya-prishnitaita-nara-nara-vita-sh
And then there's the personified Vedas. So they also desired to join Krishna's pastimes of gopis. And they also had to wait millions and millions and millions of years. So after waiting so many millions of years, they take birth as gopis in Vrindavan. And of course, Krishna steals their clothes and says, later. Again, he says, later. And finally, one night, they hear the food. And so they leave in the middle of the night and they go to see Krishna and what does he say? Go home. Imagine, you've waited 18 million years and you take birth as Gobi and then Krishna takes your clothes and he says, later, and then finally he calls you by his flute and you get there and he says, go home. So they convince him that they're not going to go home, and then they start a playing, laughing, joking in the Vrindavan forest. because he's going to keep going and he's going to hurt his feet. So we're just going to stay here and sing. This painting shows exactly uh, these verses of the Bhagavatam of Krishna's return, the eight principal gopis, and exactly. Well, this I commissioned from Gananjana um, Prabhu for our Manashiksha book. So this was $1,000, <laughs> commission of an original oil painting. And uh, there are the left-wing gopis and the right-wing gopis, exactly as described in the verses of the Bhagavatam, um, except he didn't have Radharani biting her lip. And Vishaka meditating on him like a yogi, and Lalita staring at him, Shamala putting his left arm on her shoulder, uh, uh, Padma about to put his, his right foot on her breast, 
and Chandravali holding his right hand, Saivya having taken the betel nut, and Bhadra's not mentioned, but the Acharya say she's also there. So, yeah, she's, and she likes to sing. So Krishna comes back, and we may also feel that, you know, I'm really trying to serve Krishna, I'm really trying to serve Krishna, but where is he? Where is he? And sometimes we get a moment of sweet reciprocation and then it seems to vanish again. And somebody else doing the same thing as we're doing seems to get all this reciprocation that we don't get. And we may wonder what's going on. So we're in chapter 32, looking, again, we're going to go very quickly. Um, When I do this as a full thing, we chant all the verses, but we don't have time. So verse 15 and 16 is how Krishna had awakened romantic desires in the gopis. They honored him by glancing at him with playful smiles, gesturing amorously with their eyebrows, and massaging his hands and feet as they held them in their laps. Some acharyas say that it was reversed, that Krishna was massaging their hands and feet. Even while worshipping him, however, they felt somewhat angry, and thus they addressed him as follows. Some people reciprocate the affection only of those who are affectionate toward them, while others show affection even to those who are indifferent or inimical, and yet others will not show affection towards anyone. Dear Krishna, please properly explain this matter to us. So what were they thinking? What kind of person, what kind of gentleman would call his beloved to come for him and then send her home again? What, what kind of a person shows his affection and then leaves his darling in the middle of the night in the jungle? Imagine that. Leave your girlfriend in the middle of the night in the jungle. Who would neglect her and show no remorse? They were saying to each other, we exhibit our love for Krishna. We don't have any reservations. Why doesn't Govinda reciprocate with us? Does he have some kind of perverse pleasure from abandoning us in the middle of the night? So we may also think like that. We may also think I'm a victim. I work so hard for Krishna. Where is he? I'm ticking off all the boxes. And they thought, all right, well, we're going to question him in some paradoxical language, so he's going to be forced (laughs) to say that he's an ingrate. We're going to ask a general question about love. But this way, we'll confirm that we're submissive and have the true intent of our heart. So again, Krishna is now back, and he's sitting at the bank of Yamuna, next to each gopi, although each gopi cannot see that he's with all the other gopis. They spread out their very fragrant cloths, and they're inquiring him, but they're somewhat angry. joy of our eyes. Now please give us answers on one topic, dear Krishna. We're ordinary women of Vrindavan. We don't know much about Vedic knowledge, what's right and what's wrong. So we have a question for you because you're very learned and you can answer it properly. Thus being desirous of proving with his own words that the Supreme Lord is ungrateful, the gopis ask, acting according to ordinary customs while hiding their real intention asked. So if we have a question about Krishna, we should ask. Who is the best, most honest, loving person? Now the gopis have three persons. 
They say some people reciprocate the love only of those who show love toward them. There's a second kind of person. They show love to those who are indifferent or inimical. It's hard to find a picture for this one. Yet others will not show love to anybody. Oh, Krishna, um, which type are you? <laughs> Dear Krishna, please properly explain this matter to us. <laughs> so we sometimes do that, don't we? Right? We, we, we want to say something to somebody and we kind of ask it in a, in a theoretical way. And so that's what the gopis were doing. So what were they really asking? Do you have love towards us? Indifference? Or enmity? Now, we may also do this with Krishna. We may project our mundane ideas about love and reciprocation onto Krishna. And they say, we don't know which is true. So if you have love for us, is it conditional love? No. Because if you have conditional love, you'd reciprocate. And we were given to you, and you weren't giving back. So, okay, it's not conditional. Is it unconditional? No. Because you left us in the middle of the night in the forest. And even when you saw how much distress we were in, it didn't bother you at all. Maybe you just don't care. No. You obviously care. You do things to make us happy. You do things to make us unhappy. Do you hate us all the time? Well, no. Because you often show love for us. Are you against us because we did something wrong? No, because we didn't do anything wrong. So we may try to do this. We may try to put Krishna into our categories. And when we're bewildered, we should ask the Lord. We should talk to the Lord. Where are you? What's going on? What's happening here? We ask the spiritual master. We ask the senior devotees. We should take out our doubts. Now, Krishna is going to answer very wonderfully. He's going to expand these three types of persons into nine. Right? And this explanation is very helpful in understanding our relationships in this world as well. Right? So this is text 17 to 19. Probably today's verse would have been 19. Yesterday this was 19. So today's verse would have been 20. So the Supreme Personality of God had said, so-called friends who show affection for each other only to benefit themselves are actually selfish. This is a very heavy verse, by the way. They have no true friendship, nor are they following the true principles of religion. Indeed, if they did not expect benefit for themselves, they would not reciprocate. My dear slender-waisted gopis, some people are genuinely merciful, or like parents, naturally affectionate. Such persons who devotedly serve even those who fail to reciprocate with them are following the true faultless path of religion and they are true wealth well-wishers. Then there are those individuals who are spiritually self-satisfied, materially fulfilled, or by nature ungrateful or simply envious of superiors. Such persons will not love even those who love them. What to speak of those who are inimical. Kavikanapur says that Krishna looked at them very sweetly with sidelong glances. Then just to satisfy them, he gave them a humorous answer imbued with a special taste that could revive a person from death. 
So, first category, those who love only those who love them. He says people who show affection for each other only to benefit themselves are selfish. They have no true friendship. This is a merchant, right? Pallad Maharaj said, I don't want to be a merchant, as Maharaj mentioned. They give just as much as they get. No love. I go to a store, I want some milk, I pay the price for the milk and that's it. And if I can get a discount, even better, right? I buy something on sale, I don't say to the shopkeeper, are, are you sure that you want to sell this so cheaply? I'm just giving what I get and I, if I can give less than what I'm getting, very good. There was a famous book about man-woman relationships many years ago and the author, very big bestseller, the author had a whole section as to how men and women keep score. And you know, you always got to be watching the score. What am I giving? What am I getting? So heavy. He says there's no dharma, no prema, no friendship, no happiness, no religiousness. He says, even if you have no loving affairs, you're better than this. But I'm sorry to say, this is the way most people work in their loving relationships. And how do we know this? Because when we don't get the reciprocation we think we deserve, we become bitter, angry, sad, disappointed. Does our mind do that? My mind does that. I gave this, 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 and what are you giving? Yes? No dharma, no love, no friendship, no happiness. Better to not love at all than to be like this. But this is the vast, vast majority of our human relationships are in this category. It's calculated. I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. It may look different from a merchant, but it's not. What am I giving? What are you giving? All right, next category. Those who give even to those who are indifferent or inimical. So there's two types here. The pure devotees who love everyone and family members, particularly parents. Actually, I just read in, in uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, something astonishing, Rupa Goswami wrote. He said, if the devotees don't know whether or not Krishna loves them as much as they love him, for those in Dasyabhav, their love diminishes. For those in Sakyabhav, it's extinguished because Sakyabhav is e- equality. But for those in Vatsayabhav, it's not affected at all. And we see a little hint of that in this world. How parents love even when the children hate. These people have dharma and prema. They feel the happiness and distress of those they love like their own, even when there's no reciprocation. Prahlad, who loved his father even who tried to kill him. Oh, thin-waisted woman, this middle question, like your beautiful waist, describes your pure love for me. You love me even when I do not reciprocate. And there's a little hint of what Krishna is going to say. Indeed, my lack of reciprocation was to show the world this love of yours. And family members, especially parents, 
They love ungrateful children. But it's not as elevated. Sometimes we see even parents turn against their children, isn't it? It does happen in this world. Then there are the ungrateful people. Atma Arama. They appear ungrateful, but they're so satisfied. They have internal joy. They don't need to reciprocate with anybody. Then Atakama. They have everything they want. They have all the money and the houses and the fame and the power and the cars and everything. And so they don't reciprocate because materially they feel they don't need to. Then there's the Akritagya, those who are ungrateful. In one sense, these are even worse than the merchants. The merchants, at least, they give back what they get. The Akritagya, they take and take and take and take and take and don't give back anything at all in return. Uh, a huge sense of entitlement. They're capable, but they're distracted. And they just... Don't consent. They're just foolish. Uh, their main characteristic is just ungrateful. Then there's the Gurudruha. They're inimical to those who help them. So they're not just, they don't, they don't do anything, but they're actually inimical. They hate those who help them. And I've run into people like this. They don't like feeling indebted. You know, you do something for them and the fact that they owe you something makes them feel so uncomfortable that they're actually inimical. So there's one type where there's a cause for hatred. Someone's done something for me, positive, they've helped me in so many ways, but they also did something not nice, so I hate them. <laughs> so I have a cause for hating a benefactor. Worse than that, Somebody's only protected and cared for me, and I envy them and I hate them. Worse than that, someone's only done good for me, and I actively hurt them. I say nasty things about them, I try to damage their reputation, I take things from them, I actually hurt them. Okay, so these nine persons, that Krishna's taken the three, and he's expanded them. So first one, the business exchange. I'm calculating. What are you giving me? I'll give back. And I'll, I'll give just so I can keep getting. I'll take care of you because I know if I take care of you, then you'll keep giving to me and I'm calculating it. And I really try to get a good deal too. I try to get a sale. <laughs> then the selfless giving. So pure devotees who just give to everybody. Lord Nityananda, right, who's giving to Jaghai and Madai even though they try to kill him. Lord uh, Sri Prahlad Maharaj who wants to give to his father and then family uh, who may give to those who are inimical and particularly parents who will give to children even if the children are inimical then those who are indifferent you have the self-satisfied spiritualist as Krishna says they don't need to work they don't need to not work they don't need to do anything in the world a materialist was all their desires fulfilled, so they don't bother returning your calls. Why bother? I have everything. And then people who are just foolish. They just, they're not even aware of what others are doing for them. They, they just don't even notice it, so they just don't give back. Then you have people inimical. They hate benefactors, but there's a reason. There's, there's something happened. 
Worse than that is hating those who protect with no reason to hate. And worse than that is not only hating, but actually injuring people who are loyal. So the gopis are hearing this from Krishna, and they're thinking, okay, so you're not a selfish materialist. You're not a merciful devotee. You're not a, mer- you're not a mother or father. So which of these ungrateful people are you? <laughs> All right, so 20 to 22. So this was um, the verse that we would be doing today. Now, how to sakyo bhajato pijantum bhajam yamisham manuvritti vrittaye Yetadano labda dane venashte tachintayanam nibudod naveda. But the reason, why don't we read the English together? But the reason I do not immediately reciprocate the affection of living beings, even when they worship me, O gopis, is that I want to intensify their loving devotion. They then become like a poor man who has gained some wealth and then lost it, and who thus becomes so anxious about it that he can think of nothing else. So I am going to go on to the next two verses, which again, you can still talk about the next two days because I'm just touching it. My dear girls, understanding that simply for my sake you had rejected the authority of worldly opinion of the Vedas and of your relatives, I acted as I did only to increase your attachment to me. Even when I removed myself from your sight by suddenly disappearing, I never stopped loving you. Therefore, my beloved gopis, please do not harbor any bad feelings towards me, your beloved. And of course, it's very famous verse. I am not able to repay my debt for your spotless service, even within a lifetime of Brahma. Your connection with me is beyond reproach. You have worshipped me, cutting off all domestic ties, which are difficult to break. Therefore, please let your own glorious deeds be your compensation. So now Krishna's going to go through the nine types of people in these three verses. And he's going to say, I am, but I'm not. I am, but I'm not. I'm this one, but I'm not that one. I'm this one, but I'm not this one. I'm this one, but I'm not this one. I do not immediately reciprocate the affection of those who worship me. Have you noticed that? So I'm not the first type of person who does business exchange. At the same time, Krishna says, I will respond accordingly. So I am responding accordingly. I am somebody who gives what they get. Because don't think that only if I'm present I respond, and only if I'm not present I do not respond. I'm always responding. So I'm not a merchant because I don't seem to respond. But I am responding in kind, even if it doesn't look like that. What about who show ones who show compassion to the indifferent? I don't do that. This is Krishna with Arjuna and Duryodhana. If someone's demoniac to me, I'm not nice to them. So I'm not that second category. Right? Yet I am in that category. So I actually do love everybody, even if they don't worship me. So I, I don't care for those who don't worship me, and I do care for those who don't worship me. All right, what about the third category? Am I an Atmarami, an Optikami? Well, as Narayana, I'm Atmarama, and I'm certainly Optikama. 
But as the little son of Nanda, I'm not either of those. I'm not an Atmarami, completely self-satisfied and absorbed, because I am attracted by your conversations. <laughs> also, I'm not just a, you know, Optikami, I have everything that I want so I don't care about anyone else. No, I, I give everything to everyone. I fulfill everyone's desires. How can I be called indifferent? I'm not free of any desires like an Optikami. Because I care about my devotee's love. So I actually want to maintain them. I don't need anything, but still I want to fulfill the desires of my devotees. I have some sense of obligation. Yes, I'm self-satisfied because I have unlimited opulences like an Optikami. But when I feel my devotees' love, I hanker for their service. I give up my position as Atmarama and Optikama. Maybe you think I'm a cryptic, yeah, I'm just foolish. I, I just don't see what people do for me. You ever feel like that? I'm doing all the service for Krishna, does he even see? I'm a tiny jiva and a tiny planet in a tiny universe. And he says, no, I'm not like that. As Narayana, I'm all-knowing. I know everything Everything do- everybody does. At the same time, okay, you could say I'm a cryptic, yeah. I'm a little coward boy who hasn't been to school. I don't know anything. if you say I'm just a little coward boy who hasn't been to school still so how can I be ungrateful I give myself to someone who just gives me a little bit of water devotee sent me a video the other day of this man never did anything religious in his whole life and he had a near death experience and in his subtle body he was being attacked by demons and he just said God save me and he had a vision of heaven and I thought wow Little thing, little water. So I may look like Guru Juhi. I may look like a person who hurts those who love him. Because I gave you up after, after you've been satisfied many times. But I'm not, I've, I've come back. So I'm not really a Guru Juhi. So Krishna's now gone through all of these persons. I am and I'm not, I am and I'm not, I am and I'm not. So what is Krishna doing? So for the devotees, aspiring devotees, who've not attained prema, it's probably most of the members of our Hare Krishna movement. He says, for those who are surrendered, who worship me with non-kirtan, other means, I don't respond, I want to make their worship more perfect. Because they don't see me, they develop humility. They think everything I've done has been useless. You ever thought that? <laughs> because I'm an offender and I couldn't get a drop of mercy. I'm unfortunate. And in this way, their bhakti starts to grow with their deep humility without lust and anger. This really strikes me. He says, seeing them suffer in lonely places, I endure pain a thousand times more than theirs. What can I do? Their sincere prayers amaze me, but their hot tears scorch my heart, and their faint of despair calls me to swoon. Still for their sake, I wait in silence. I endure to ripen their love. 
What about the devotees who have prema? Even for them, I don't immediately respond because I want to intensify their love and attachment. It's what we all want. We all want love that gets stronger and stronger and stronger, don't we? And Rupa Goswami describes how prema is not the end. Prema intensifies. It intensifies into sneha and to raga. So even those who have prema, Krishna may sometimes not be there so their love intensifies. They become absorbed in remembering me. Like you're poor and you get a lot of money and then you lose it again. So I am responding to them, but in a covered way. Oh, but you gopis, you're not in either of those categories because you have the limit of love. I, I did something very regrettable, he says, which wasn't proper for me. Devotees like you have never existed in the past, in the present, or in the future. I cannot increase or decrease your attachment for me at all by one atom or a huge amount. So why did I leave you? I wanted to, everyone else to see your prema. That after waiting for 18 million years, 18 billion years, 18 billion, 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 billion. And after coming and I send you home, go home, and you stay anyway, and I dance with you, and then I leave you, you still love me. And I wanted to show there's nobody like you. I left you to glorify you. Don't think I was away from you. I was seeing how anxious you were in my absence. You gave up your family, but I haven't given up my family, so my promise to reciprocate is broken. I cannot repay you. Please be happy with your own service. This is actually the essence of love. When what we're satisfied with is how much we love Krishna, not how much and how he reciprocates with us. That we're so filled with our own love for Krishna that that satisfies us. Now the next thing, which was from Ananda Vrindavan Champu, is what inspired me to put this presentation together so many years ago. The gopis started to think, huh, the Lord has no faults. He actually gave us up in order to glorify us. Knowing our superiority, we wanted to defeat him. We wanted to criticize him with our riddles. We were unvirtuous. Krishna just flipped the whole thing. The gopis went from thinking, we're the great lovers, we're the great sacrificers, Krishna's the ungrateful rascal who left us, and now they're thinking, wow, we, we were unappreciative. We were ungrateful, we were unvirtuous. Whereas Krishna was trying to show everyone how much we love him. He was trying to glorify us, and we were criticizing at this point their hearts melted and they engaged in the rasa dance. And I think it's like that for us. You know, we often feel that 
why is Krishna doing this to me? Why is he ungrateful? Why does he not care? Why does he not reciprocate? And then in time we come to realize that we were the ones who didn't see his love and that Krishna's love has always been there unlimitedly and beautifully and perfectly. So again, forgive me for rushing through this, but I was so excited when I knew we were doing the end of this chapter that I wanted to share it all with you even though we have a, a short class time. So anyone have questions or comments? Yes, Rudrani. Um, number one is a beautiful presentation. I was quite taken by that picture that you described the different movies. Oh. Amazing. And also the picture that followed that was rather out of space Oh, I, I'm a picture collector. So, actually, one of the reasons I'm on Facebook is to gather pictures. The second point is that um, we have an advantage. We have an advantage of theoretically understanding that it's not a lack of It's not a what? It's, there's no lack of love. That there's no lack of love, yes. That Christians constantly Constantly, that we don't see it as a different story. That yes. We don't appreciate it as a different story. But at least we have that understanding. We have at least the theoretical understanding. Yeah. So that uh, should help us as practitioners to say whatever is happening is just perfect. It's Krishna's love manifested at the right time, under the right circumstances, for the right cause. Yes. Was a problem. Theoretically. Theoretically. We understand Krishna. Everything that's happening. One devotee contacted me, I guess about a year ago, and she had kind of a, a, a heavy crisis happen in her life after her apparently doneing, having done everything right, <laughs> and didn't work out right. And it was, it was, and she was saying, "Why did this happen?" And I said, "Well, Krishna will eventually tell you the specific reason why it happened." But I said, "The ultimate reason is always love." It's only love. Although it doesn't necessarily look like that to us in the moment. Very beautiful, thank you. Thank you. Any, anybody else? And then we blame Krishna. And then we say it's all, we can say it's Krishna bringing me closer to him. Right. That, that's a really good point yeah. that Maharaj was saying to those of you on the internet. That sometimes we do something stupid that has nothing to do with Krishna. And then we either blame Krishna or we say it was Krishna's mercy, Krishna's arrangement. I saw a meme once that says everything is, happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is that you're really stupid and make bad choices. <laughs> So, of course, Krishna's love is, is there for us even when we're stupid and make bad choices. But the exact thing that happens may not be the thing that the Lord desired to happen. You know, he'll, he'll work with it. Like I always give the example, water goes around, under, and over rocks and still gets to where it's going. So Krishna is able to integrate even our abject foolishness into his ultimate plan. Like a GPS that reroutes you. 
But that doesn't mean that everything that happens to us is the way that Krishna wanted it to happen. You know, we sometimes do really stupid things. Prabhupada said that about some people who drowned in the Ganga. Well, people who died in the car And people who died in a car accident. They said it, they said it Krishna's mercy. Prabhupada said, Prabhupada said, no, it was your foolishness for driving when you were so tired. So, yeah. But still Krishna loves us even when we're foolish, is the point. Yes, you're done. It seems that uh, <clears throat> bottom line for me at least is how all of these shows how we are insignificant to put us in our place in a very loving manner to become absolutely completely humble to be able to, to understand and experience the, the magnitude of these experiences. Mm, yes, even that is to make us as humble and dependent. Krishna uses it. He didn't engineer it, but he uses it. He'll say, okay, let's use this. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.